afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Bernita Williams, and you are on Smart Black Woman TV with NPN TV. Today, um, thank you, and I would like to say Happy Memorial Day to many of you in celebration. And I have a special guest that is coming on, and that special guest is my son, Charles. Charles has a story he'd like to tell, and um, he, we're going to bring him in so that he can tell his story. So, Charles, come on in. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Remember, heroes never die. Oh, all right, Charles, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, as you said, you want to tell a story. So, you know, we're here to, you know, I'm here with Smart Black Woman TV on my show to bring you in as my special guest and my son. This is my son, Charles, my oldest son. He's here to tell the story. He's been wanting to tell the story for quite some time. Now is the time for his big debut. So we want to hear everything Charles got to say and the life that he's had and also the struggles. And also I want to put out there, uh, this is the end uh, ending month of health, of health and awareness, uh, mental health awareness, um, and kind of be... Um, be kind of patient with me. This is one of my first shows, so it might be a little glitches here and there, but um, um, <laughs> thing. So, Charles, I want to start, you know, start off um, with your story in your childhood. You know, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Charles has, um, Charles was a, an only child up to age 13. So I'm going to get him to start his, his timing about around a, after age five. So, Charles, tell us a little bit about um, what you were experiencing during this age? Well, um, my childhood was, um, it was a great childhood. I had, my father wasn't around as much as we, I would have liked him to be around, but he was there. He was present in my life. My mother was present in my life. Um, I didn't want for much. I was a spoiled brat, you know, when I tell you, um, I didn't want for anything. So, when I think about the the early years of my childhood, I was around my grandparents a lot. Um, I was uh, played with all my cousins. I was around the kids a lot. Uh, pretty, it was a, a childhood, especially at the age five. Um, when I think about as I got a little bit older, um, of course, I was I had different obstacles to face in my life. Um, I dealt with um, just different things that ch children deal with, especially when their parents aren't, aren't around. I was bullied in school growing up. Um, I, I wasn't the most popular kid, even though I was spoiled. I still I was spoiled by my parents and, and not by anyone else. Trust me. Um, How but, old were you when you started to... Um have more interaction with other kids and have um i guess these emotions that come about you know as little kid as young kids and what they go through in their uh younger years so how old were you when you really start to realize that you were having these feelings of excuse me guys excuse me excuse me give me one second my grandmother's coming in the door so you got the dog you know how it goes but um, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead with that question. I'm, I apologize. 
So as I was, uh, as I was saying, I was asking the question, you know, what age were you then? You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, um, keep us on the timeline as to how old you were, you were, and um, that age that you were going through these experiences. Um, well, the, the, the key thing that I'd like to bring, shine a little bit of light on um, the, the experiences that I faced um, as a child um, were mainly, it was the thing of feeling like, yes, I wanted my father to be around and he wasn't around as much as I, as I would have liked him to be, as, I, as though I said earlier. But um, when your parents aren't around you, everything happens, you know, especially when you're around cousins, your family, and and that's when the real the real thing comes out. But um, I faced different things like um, sexual abuse. Um, that was the 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 biggest memory of my childhood life, my early pre-teenage years. Um, but um, I really didn't know how to get over it, get through it. I, I didn't say anything to anyone up until I was an adult in my 30s, you know? So I, I dealt with that internally. And um, I've always felt like it was something that I did, something that I did to provoke that. And, um, or I've always, also I felt like that's what helped shape the man that I am today. Um, okay. okay, Charles, let me, um, um come in and i just want to have you know i want to help people to understand uh where you were going when you say when your parents aren't around so uh at the age when charles was five years old his dad and i separated and we raised child charles as co-parents and these times in which charles saying there's no dog around you know i would like for him to kind of elaborate on that when it's say uh, adults on around, do, is this doing uh, summer months or is this doing weekends, things like that? Or is it that um, you were sent to your dad's house or, or you were with friends around your mom's house and, and, you know, our house, you know, tell us a little bit about it so that we can kind of see that picture, you know, as you two are trying to explain it to all of us and we would just want to follow you a little bit closer. Well, like you said, um, you, you, I was raised as a, with a single mother. So um, during the weekends, those were times where it was just my mother and I, you and I, mom. And um, I really didn't have much time with my cousins except during the summertime uh, or during summer vacation when all of the cousins would get together and we would all go to one family member house and pretty much spend the summer days there. And um, it was somewhat of a daycare but uh, we were kind of like taking care of ourselves. And um, you know how back in the days that um, when I say back in the days, I mean, paper food stamp back in the days, you know, she, well, my, my aunt would give us um, a paper food stamp and we would head down to Pete's uh, old store down at the corner. You know, if you're from St. Louis, you know about Pete's, but, <laughs> but we used to head down there and get candy and snacks and things like that. So these were, these were the um, back the old days, the good old days. But those were the times I'm speaking of. Not necessarily when my mother didn't pay me any attention or anything like that. I'm just saying that during the summer vacation times and when all the cousins and my brother and things we all got together as one. 
Hey, this is your brother from your dad's side. You had um, another brother? Yes, my older brother. I'm 36. My brother's 38. I'll be 37 in November, so he's 38. We're getting old, pushing 40. But yes, um, my older brother on my father's side. Oh, okay. Um, tell us a little bit about your brother and your communication with him. Well, my brother, um, we we been uh, we were tight from childhood. We've always been tight um, up until maybe a few years ago. We had um, a disagreement. I, I'd like to put it a disagreement, just about life and things that we experienced in our childhood, and um, we and with that, I, I, I try not to. I try to keep confrontation down you know I don't, i'm a very i'm not a confrontational person i don't like to butt heads i try to get along and sometimes i'll ignore something if it's really bothering me just to keep the peace so um with that i try to i i, I set that to the side you know it's for me and him to hopefully one day we can come together and, and figure out a, a game plan for our relationship so we can come back together as one that'll be great That'll be great. Um, so um, that's interesting, you know. Uh, let's just go back, you know, a little bit and just tell about um, some of the bullying times that you had and what those bullying times um, were. They were impactful to you. And absolutely, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. You know, um, as I spoke earlier, I, I didn't want for anything. So whenever we went to the grocery store, I had to get a toy or whatever, you know. And back in early, as early as show and tell days, that's when the bullying really started. There was no light shined on bullying and no one to really help the kids that were being bullied, you know. Um, if, for me being bullied, I remember I got suspended from being bullied, you know. those That's when things were a lot different, but as time progressed, things are getting a lot better. And just like with the, for the reason as we're here, to, while we're here today, to shine light on different situations. So hopefully if someone was in that same predicament, they, they could, there's someone to let you know that, hey, I dealt with the same thing. You can seek help or come talk, whichever the case may be to, to resolve it. But um, as early as third grade, fourth grade, I remember the kids would steal my toys, you know, and um, whatever I brought for show and tell, it wouldn't come back home, you know. Um, I remember getting beat up by the entire class, uh, my fourth grade class. I did. I can't even tell you why they they beat me up, you know, that it was the last day of school. And, you know, on the last day of school, we used to plan something. And that was the plan was to beat up. Charles Cummins. I'm just like everyone to know, you know, as, as a mom, you think you're going to know everything about your kids as they're growing up. But this is a conversation that's uh, new to me. So some of these stories I've never had, you know, with Charles. And it's so heartbreaking just to hear that, that, the, that he was beat up on the last day of school as a parent, you know, so something's going to touch me a little harder. So you guys just be patient with me as, um, as he comes to, you know, tell his story. Cause these stories are like many of us don't know what our children has been through and then they become adults and you wonder how, why some, some things are in their lives that you thought you could be able to control, but you weren't. But Charles have, you know, some things and very personal that he has gone through and which is um, it's very hard for many of us. And, and many of us have been bullied 
as youngsters, you know, and, and for in all of our lives, you know, we hear those bully stories today, whether it be as something as small as the teacher bullying you or whether it be something as uh, um, as big as being the only student in a class and, and being a black American student going to school with all white students. There are many times that people have been bullied and mistreated. So we want to eliminate, eliminate that you know, from all of our communities, because these are very impactful moments that children have, and it lasts forever for many of us. And I'm being one that can um, tell you about some stories, but today we're talking about Charles, so we're going to go back into um, his story, and um, we're going to move a a little bit more into um, how he was able to cope during those times because after being bullied and beat up rather i should say in fourth grade by a whole class now you have the now you have the summer to go into and um and and also carry that along with you so i'm sure there are many emotions that went on with y'all so charles tell us a little bit more and yeah it, there were a lot of different emotions you know that's when i couldn't understand why kids would treat me certain certain ways you know and I knew that something about me was special, something was different, but I just didn't know I was still a child. And um, when you're young, you don't think about things like jealousy and envy and people being envious of what you have because they wanted it, you know? You don't think about that. So with me being so young, I internalized things where I became a loner child, you know? I was alone a lot. Um, My mother, I remember my mother would, even times when I spent times with my father, he would tell me, go outside, please. He would beg me to go outside. He would pay me to go outside. He would hand me a rock and say, go break some windows, please do something that young boys are supposed to do. But even though that's a bit crazy, but I understood what he meant behind just please go outside, live your your childhood, you know, and be happy like young kids do. But I tend, I, I, I just was a loner again by myself. I chose to stay alone uh, until I got a little bit older, you know, and I started realizing, hey, I'm I'm a cool kid, just like the rest of these kids, you know, and if not cooler, that's where I had to build up my self-confidence. And oh, mm-hmm. oh I'm sorry, Charles. Charles, we had um, someone ask a question and that question uh-huh. is, Charles, where was your brother? Uh, you mentioned that you had a brother and you were close to him. Where was he? Oh, my older brother. Okay. Okay. We actually, at the age of nine years old, we left St. Louis um, and we moved to Miami, Florida, you know, and I feel like that was the beginning of my life. That, those were the most memorable times of my life when we moved away from St. Louis. Everything that I had known to Miami, beautiful Miami, the beautiful blue water, palm trees. It was totally different, a totally different culture, new environment. And um, so with that move, I was split up from my my brother, my family, my cousins, everyone, you know, so I had to start fresh. Okay, and this was a whole new atmosphere for you, whole new life. So you had to start everything new. So during that time, you, you you moved there, it was summertime, and now you're going to be going to a new school, new right. kids. These are different kids. You didn't have to revisit those uh, bullies, some of those bullies that you had left behind. 
So now this is a new school. So what is your experience when you moved to Florida? It was a, it was a tough transition moving from St. Louis to Florida. Um, you would think now as an adult, I'd do anything. Moving from St. Louis to Florida, that seems like an upgrade, a level up, really. And um, But as a child, all I could focus on is how much I missed everyone. So I, I really didn't embrace the the change. Um, on our way moving, my mother was pregnant with my little brother on my mother's side, obviously. But um, And um, the day after my little brother was born, my stepfather, which is my little brother's father, he went missing. And we later found months later that he was killed. And moving to a new place, a new surroundings, new school, new friends, um, and just knew everything and missing a stepfather or a father figure in my life, it was a tough transition. You know, it was hard. But um, as time went along, I knew that it was time for me to step up. I had to be there for not only my mother, but for my little brother, more importantly. And um, that's where we, um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. So now, um, yeah, so as Charles said, I was pregnant. You know, I was pregnant with um, his younger brother, Gregory, and Gregory is Charles' brother. Uh, I have two sons, Gregory and Charles. Um, but your experience is Charles there. Uh, then after you, you began uh, becoming a teenager more so, and after school, um, this relationship in the Florida schools, what were the differences in this? What was the difference in this school than the schools that you did attend in St. Louis? Okay. Um, you know what? To this day, I can't tell you the main differences. I just knew that the focus was very different. Um, the focus was not on things and material things and what do you have on, what kind of shoes you have on, different things like that. That was that. That's those are the main key features that stand out to me when I think back about it. Um, just the culture of things were very different in Florida. It was more. They were kids. We were kids, I felt like, again, instead of children thinking that they were grown and doing things that grown that they, that grown folks do, you know, and I was not ahead of my time. I was not. I was definitely a child for way too long. <laughs> but um, uh, yes, that, that, I think the mainly the culture was different as to just day in and day out and enjoying life and just having fun and being kids that was the main focus but versus here in st louis it was things were a lot different okay and you visited st louis during the summer so you were flown into st louis every year during the spring breaks the christmas holidays things like that uh tell mm -hmm. us about a bit about um you when you were away from your mom and now you're with your dad and you you're uh now uh, living with your dad during the summers, and what were those experiences like? Was he there then in your life, or is it that you also um, had your cousins there as well, and your brother, um, I should say, your brother on your dad's side, your older brother? Well, by that time, as a teenager, there weren't many times that I hung out with my cousins. We were still close, but 
we didn't go have sleepovers and things like that as much. So I did spend a lot of time with my father once when I did visit St. Louis up until I decided to move back to St. Louis for high school from so that was four years from freshman to senior year. I decided to move back to St. Louis with my father. And we did spend a lot of time together, a lot of quality time. We got to know one another. And um, I, I was coming into myself. I was becoming a young man, you know, and starting to know what I like and know what I didn't like and, um, and voice my opinion behind things as well. But um, to answer your question, yes, we did. My father and I, we had a close relationship. We spent a lot of time together um, riding ATVs. That was our thing. Um, dirt bikes and just spending time over the weekends together. During the week, it was pretty much a hustle and bustle thing. My father, he worked for Washington University. He retired from there and also he ran his own business, heating and cooling business. So he was a busy man. So during the week, it was just me doing school. I was working for, I had a couple of different jobs, McDonald's, Blockbuster, um, and, and uh, I was just living my life. Okay, so you were living your life pretty much almost just about independently, you should say. Um, or is, was, there, was there someone that you were with during that time? Because you now are, are getting into the side of living with your dad after now uh, going into high school. Because um, I just want to bring everyone up to date because we uh, full speed ahead. Charles had... Um, wanted to uh, live with his dad, you know, after living in South Florida, he did miss his family and he wanted to, he loved his family, he loved his dad as well. And of course his dad was the, 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 the kind of dad that'll take you on all of these different excursions of fun. So of course, you know, a young man would want to be with his dad over the summers. Those are things that he did as he was uh, growing up. So now he has the chance to actually live that life with his dad and what he believed was going to be, you know, that great life, you know? And so um, as a mom, you know, you think about things like that, you know, as um, women, we have children and we do have two sides, you know, it's not all about us raising the child alone, but yet there are others that love him. And his dad is um, one of those um, first ones that is strongly in his life and, and want to be, in his life to raise him as a son. And it's fair, it was very fair to me that I also assured or made sure from my standpoint that my son would be safe. My son would um, be disciplined when needed to be disciplined and, and to go on with life so that I can be comfortable here living in South Florida too. You know, as I say, you know, I had another child and also you know, I was now living as a, a single mom all over again, you know, because I did uh, lose someone during that time. So it was very hard on me and the stresses that I had been going through as well, but still trying to accommodate uh, my son's well-being in which I feel felt, you know, today I can say I did a great job, you know, with uh, my choices that I made in this life. And, um, even so, you know, sometimes you feel a little bit of guilt later on in life that you hear these experiences that would take place. You know, you don't find out till they're actually grown, you know, and they tell you everything and you're just like holding your head to in, in dismay. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I love Charles, you know, that's you know, my favorite boy. 
<laughs> he does very well. You bet Greg the favorite. And, uh, yeah, you're my favorite, dog. <laughs> I have to. Both of you are my favorite. You know, I tell Greg yeah. he's my favorite, and I tell Charles he's my favorite when I'm with him. I know <laughs> how you do. It's all in love. It's all in love. But uh, just to continue to go on, just to say to all of uh, you moms that have our co-parenting, you know, we just try to do the best for our children. And, and to share the life with, you know, the dads, because even though, you know, you have your feelings about, you know, some dads and things, if some people have ups and downs with the co-parenting, but I'm just saying, just be as strong as you can be for your child in the direction in which he needs to be raised. And he needs, needed to have a father figure in his life, and which he did, but he also had a, a, another dad in his life. You know, we had a bonus dad, which was, uh, great and we lost them but yet he still had his dad in his life that um also deserved to be in his life as well so charles tell us a little bit more about your life living with your dad you know now this is um something that he has had ex very deep experiences with and coming into adulthood because he's going from high school and now charles is living with his dad until he left his dad and was on his own so, Josh, tell us a little bit about that story as you were, all the experiences that you had living there, uh, your dad being married, you having a stepmom, and you also having on that side uh, a younger sister, you know, as well as your younger brother you had on your mom's side. You also had a younger sister around the same age. And um, so just tell us about um, that household because... You know, as co-parents, there are two sides, you know, of families that your children have. And as strong and powerful as we all should be is to try to support that side as well. And that's something that, you know, even so, you know, things may not go in the way you try to push them to go. But yet you try to uh, balance it as much as possible so that your child will understand that I'm mom on, in this house. And he's dad in his house. You know, I can't run his house and he can't run mine. So um, those questions, you know, that many children have when they're getting in trouble and things like that, they run to that other parent and they want to tell that other parent all those stories. But yet, you know, my um, answers to Charles was, you know what, you're either going to live there or you're going to live here, you know, <laughs> so, and I can't answer your dad's questions and I can't run his household. So whatever his rules are, those are his rules. And that's how I raised Charles. So Charles had all the things that he was going through. He was going to go through over there with his dad. And I'm sure that he got through it. I know he got through it, you know, because I'm mom. Here today. I wasn't in there, but I was there. So Charles, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, um, like I, I mentioned earlier, my dad was a busy guy. So I there was a lot of times where I did what I wanted. You know, I was pretty much a young adult. I wasn't grown yet, but um, I was a, a young adult, pretty much learning what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, then is when I started to, when I realized that my parents weren't paying me much attention at the time. My mother was in Florida over a, th a thousand miles away, and my dad was just a might as well be a thousand miles away, you know, even though sometimes it was in the same house. Um, when I realized that they weren't paying attention, um, I, I knew what I was free to do and what I was free not to do, you know. 
or what I couldn't do. Um, I did things when I, when my dad didn't ask to see report cards. That's how I knew he wasn't paying attention because I wasn't. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm an intelligent guy. I've always made great, performed well in school. I've been in things like that. But there were times where I would get some uh, maybe a D here, uh, maybe an F there, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> um, and my mother didn't play about a report card. My mother knew when the report cards were coming out. She would be at home already when I walked in the door with her hand out. So I already knew to hand over the report card. When I knew that I didn't ha have to hand over a report card, I could just keep it quiet and just act like nothing happened and no one would say anything. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good then, you know? So when you have any child that's operating where the parent is not paying attention, of course you'll act up and find yourself in different things. Um, but um, I, again, I started to find myself and that's when I realized that I was a gay man or a gay child, a gay young man, you know, and um, that led me to coming out of the closet to, first I came out of the closet to uh, my stepmother and um, she told me that she had always had a feeling and I didn't know if I should be offended by that at the time, but she always had a feeling and I, I really took into her. She told me how it was between her and I and she wouldn't, I could be comfortable around her and speak my mind and speak my heart. And um, we kind of came up with a game plan as how we were as to how we would handle it. And um, all I remember is she told my dad during an argument and my dad was upset with me and it ended up getting out from my home to school, which is weird, you know, um, to school. And I went from being one of the most popular guys in high school to not having any friends and people that was literally spending night at my house during the weekends to walk right past me like they didn't know me in the hallway. And it and it's still that way from most of the people that I graduated with and to just have that to deal with something like that, that it created an anxiety inside of, and it could be a separation anxiety or an abandonment issue where I felt like I had all the friends in the world. And now the next day I don't, I didn't. And um, so I dealt with a lot of loss, I can say, you know, and that pushed me into this corner where I was angry, you know, I was angry. And um, my father put me through different counselings. And I'm telling you, I was in the church choir. I had counselling with the pastor, therapy counselling or therapy sessions. And um, it made me feel like something was wrong with me, you know. So I, I grew up feeling like something wasn't right with me, but something was special about me. But I kind of used that. I twisted it around and turned it into something negative, you know, I mean, something positive, something negative, turning it into something positive where feeling like I didn't belong to just saying, no, I'm special. There's something special about me. So things like that helped me. Yeah. Well, um, 
No, Charles, go on. I'm sorry. I may have distracted you a bit, you know. No, you're good. I thought you were throwing up a sign like five minutes. Cut it short. Cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no, I wasn't. Um, I did want to kind of um, ask you a question. I want to go back a little bit and I want to just share with people, you know, and this is um, when you send your children away and you have different adults now in their lives, which are step parents you know, where uh, children may have some questions, what have you, um, that need to come to the actual parent that it doesn't reach the parent. And um, which are very sensitive moments that are needed and um, for parents to know, you know, step parents, you know, you have your secrets, you know, with other people's children, which I feel you know, should have been shared, you know, rather whichever direction it, it went in, um, the parents should know, you know, the behaviors of their children, rather it be something that is uh, detrimental to their health, you know. So these are things that we don't keep uh, to ourselves as adults, you know. Uh, we're dealing with children. We must stay mindful that we're dealing with young adults and they make decisions and those decisions are also um, decisions that parents should know about that we can have our communications with them. Uh, Charles did, he did come out, you know, around age 17. And when I found out, it was shocking to me as a parent, you know, you have, you know, have a young boy, you have a young uh, a daughter or whatever it may be and they come out, you know, and their sexuality is different from yours, you know. So therefore, you do, it is a shock to many of us, you know, to have a gay uh, a child um, at the times back then when gay was really something that was hidden and not spoken about. You know, many people that found out that their children were uh, in the closet. That's where the closet came from, from the beginning, to keep it a secret and hide it, you know, and not tell anyone what's going on um, with your child. And uh, to me, you know, just being a parent of a gay son, I, I, I had to embrace it you know, as it was out there, you know, he said he was gay. There was nothing else more that I could change, you know, as a parent. It wasn't shocking to me. Yes. Is it disappointing? Yes, it is at the same, you know, because I was raised with a mother and father and um, the way they taught us. I had never had any gays that I understood around me. So it was, um, it was shocking, but also I did from his dad's um, uh, side uh, was introduced to, you know, gay, you know, in, 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 in real life. I should say it like that because and it was it was scary to me. I was scared. I was scared. I was afraid. You know, I was afraid of her. I didn't know, you know, to um, how to see, you know, that life. Uh, so with uh, when Charles when Charles came about, you know, it was totally different, you know, for me. And um, I just want to, you know, continue to share uh, that, you know, many of us, we have these experiences in our lives. And, and now today, 
you know, gay and homosexuality, LGBTQ, uh, the community right now is more acceptable and understood. And I wish that many are now um, learn uh, about or come closer to your family members and friends. Um, but we're going to be going uh, on a short break, you know, and I hate to just cut everyone off, but we'll be back and we'll start again and we'll continue where we left off. So thank you very much. Thank you for joining in with Smart Black Woman TV. I'm Bernita Williams, your host. Stick around. Stick around. TV. I'm your host, Bernita Williams. We have our guest here, Charles Cummings. And if you weren't with us before, we were speaking about uh, him coming out as a gay uh, young man. And we don't want to elaborate as much on it because, you know, today is not gay pride. This is not gay pride, but we are on. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> We're right now on Charles's life. So let's get back uh, to Charles's life. And then as you heard, you know, as I was trying to just explain to many parents, you know, how we communicate with one another, you know, just co-parenting. There are two moms and two dads at that point. Just hoping many many families uh, start to get along and be able to communicate. I had too many parents, too many. Family. Yes, Charles. <laughs> right, I had too many parents, I said four. four. <laughs> Right, he had the four, then he had aunts and uncles, and they were like four whoopings. That meant four whoopings. <laughs> yeah, so Charles, let's go back. Um, so I, I 
we did speak about, you know, you being gay at that point and the challenges that you were going through being gay, you know, in the home of your dad, you know, just to kind of tell us a little bit more about that and how you got past it and what changes you made in your life. Because right now you've come out as a different person and you are introducing to the family and the world. This is uh, truly who I am. So now how did you uh, how were you able to cope with life going forward? You know, um, honestly, it was not a healthy way of coping. It wasn't. It was, of course, I went to church, and, and but I really didn't seek God. Um, so I had a lot of anger inside, and um, it forced me to just be angry and push people away. I, I knew that I had a, a mouth on me, so I would just say hurtful things, and I knew that that would keep people away. I felt like I had to hurt someone else's feelings before they would try to hurt mine. And that was the way I coped with things. And I, and I felt protected, you know, because my father, he wasn't any support with uh, the, my homosexuality. Um, my father actually pushed me out. He actually put me out for being gay. Um, I remember I came home from school, all of my things were packed in trash bags and he gave me $20 and told me to leave. And so I had to quickly find someone to call to come pick me up. A good friend of mine, my best friend actually picked me up and I stayed with her for a couple of weeks. And another friend of mine for three months, actually I hid in his room while his parents were around. And um, I was able to somewhat live that way and make it to school and do all the things because I was still in school. Um, I barely even graduated because my father had put, put me out. I was still a child, you know? So those things I had to kind of learn how to fend for myself. And um, yeah, so I really didn't get a chance to deal with it up until my adult age. I knew that there were some things about me that were just, they didn't sit right and it was not a good, it wasn't a healthy feeling. So uh, I just, I had to build myself up, my confidence within myself and tell myself that, okay, you are normal. You are, nothing's wrong with you. Um, whoever don't get you to kind of just forget them, you know? And that was the kind of mentality that I, that I had. So you mean tell me you, um, so with your family, how did your other family members treat you? Uh, what was your communication with your cousins, you know, and things like that? Um, did you... Um, at that point, did you take the communication that you got only with your father and you made that choice or what, what other communication did you have with your mom? You know, what, where, um, what, I, I know that that was very hard for me as well. You know, you had communication with me and, uh, what was your communication, you know, there and your choices that you actually made because you did have your mom that was in Florida, then you had your dad there with, that was taking it very hard or, or deciding to be a certain way with you moving, going in that direction. So um, tell us a little bit more about the communication at home, you know, with your family members and the therapy that you got, you know, what uh, type of therapy did you receive, you know, the church therapy or is that the counseling okay. you got at the time? Okay. The well, how did I? Okay, to answer the one of the questions, the therapy that I received, it was church 
therapy from a pastor. So the main thing was either change or you're going to hell. And that was what I received. Um, I grew up in church. My family grew up in church. Um, so I was walking around like I was going to hell, really. And my father, before he put me out, he told me that I would die from AIDS. So he went and bought um, a new life insurance policy. And that was when I told him, this is me. I, I don't, I can't change. I don't know how to change. This is just who I am. You know, this is not a choice that I'm making. Um, I try, even though I tried to please my father, my family, and the ones that weren't too proud of my decision or me coming out. But um, yeah, that it was, it was a pretty traumatic experience. If I think back about it, think think about it, you know, um, nothing about it was healthy. Uh, I really didn't look to, for to learn anything from anyone that didn't know my walk of life, you know. So I, it pushed me to um, seek, I guess, acceptance from people in the streets, um, the gay community in St. Louis, and. Um, that came with a lot of different things as well. Um, but I felt more comfortable with strangers versus my family because I felt like they understood me and knew that, hey, it wasn't a decision. And if I could choose, I would choose an easier life, which is being whatever my parents and family wanted me to be, you know. But I knew at that point in time that life is not, it wasn't going to be as easy as I, I had always thought it would be. And so what I was missing from my father, I, I tended, I started seeking that in a partner. Um, so I was this young 17 year old kid, child, dating 40 year old guys and 50 year old guys. And when I think about it now, I'm like me at the, at the age of 36, I, there's nothing in a 16, 17 year old that I would find attractive at all you know so I found, when I think back about it is I was in situations that I didn't even realize that I was in uh, somewhat that was harming me not only physically but mentally so today I just try to I try not to hold on to those things and I try to use all of those experience to build myself up to be a stronger young man and hopefully get this out to other people that it may help that may be in a similar situation because I, I I know that a lot of times in the gay community, we don't have anyone to run to, you know, and sometimes your, your kids may run out to the street and seek help in the streets. And I think it's important to listen to your kids and just try to understand whatever they're going through, even though you may not have went through it or experienced it. And, but it's important that you just listen and try to understand because what we don't, what you don't want is for, someone else to raise your, raise your child? Well, we have a question and someone is asking as a parent, what was my initial feelings and thought or thought and thoughts? Well, as a parent, you know, your first initial feelings of having a gay child is very hurtful because if you have a male son, you look for that daughter-in-law and those children that are going to come with it. And at that time, there was no adoption in mind, you know, where people thought that 
gays would adopt children. You just thought that that life having uh, your son having a family uh, was not going to be there, you know. And um, as a mom, he's my, you know, I only had two sons and it was very hurtful for me. You know, I, I did have many thoughts of, of my son being harmed in the streets, you know, or violated in a way that he would be killed, which was a very scary time for me. Very nervous. Um, I went through a lot of stress, stressful challenges uh, when, and during that time. And But I did, um, thank God I had a friend and he was also a gay male. And it came to me probably a week after I had talked to him about it, you know, something came over me and said, you know, that uh, uh, this friend of yours that you you love this guy, you, you know, you love this guy and that guy was a gay male. And I said, how can you love a person that's gay? And when your son comes to say he's gay, you're not, no, not love him even more, you know, which I did not love him. It was just that scary time for me. I didn't know how to embrace it, you know, to him. You know, I did tell him, even when he said to me that he was gay, I love you. You know, it doesn't matter what way you will be. I'm still going to be your mom that love you. And um, to, for me to be able to accept his life, I, I guess the turning point of that was, um my friend that I had, I had to come to reality that, shoot, forget people. I, I love him. I don't care who, I don't care who's who and what's what, you know, and I love my child. And from that day, I wanted him to understand it. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. You you know, a phone call came in and kicked me out. I don't know if I came off the screen, but... Um, I loved, I wanted him to know how much I loved him and I loved him so much, so much and I supported him and all his decisions of what he made in his life. And still today, everything and all the decisions that he make, you know, there may be some downfalls of a decision that he's made, which I didn't understand, but um, I was truly um, captured by many times uh, uh, of um, experiences that Charles did go through in life. And as young men, um, they do go through challenges, young people, period, their peers and, and things around them. And sometimes it's in your family, the reason why you take, make change, make choices, you know, choices that he didn't have to make, but yet he made those choices for himself. And, um, he dealt with those choices. Some of them were detrimental to him, but he's now, um, as you see him looking good, <laughs> Sounding good, thank the Lord, you know. So, so I think I think the main thing, the key a key takeaway can be um, parents can learn things from their children also. So it's not always just the the parent to teach the child, and that the child doesn't know anything. Um, if you feel that way, try playing. Have, are you smarter than the fifth grader? And that'll tell you how you can definitely learn things from your kids. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so um, and, and the story's not about me, so I'm going to go back to Charles. 
And Charles, we're just going to go back into um, what you did. So you did talk about the challenges that you had, you know, just coming in to being a gay man and experiences that you went out in the world, a new world for yourself of people that you found that were loving you. And so therefore you're going to love them back in the same. So doing that, um, that journey, you know, how you start to be able to, uh, to understand how you had to take care of yourself and things like mm -hmm. that, you know, where did that play into what you were choosing to do? You know, you have to now feed yourself. You got to take care right. of yourself. You have to maintain. So, um, what did you do, um, doing that experience to get you through life? Okay. Well, I was set up for success, especially for my mother. Um, my mother didn't get an opportunity to send me off to college and things like that, but she did send me off owning my own business, you know, and getting started with my own business. She displayed that to me my entire life growing up. And my father had been a business owner as well. So I, when I did seek a person or a partner, I made sure that they had things going for themselves that were something that was something that I would be able to learn from them. And I picked up on um, someone who had a construction company. And uh, I went to Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and um, I so I had an eye for design. And um, they so we decided to collaborate. And I, 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 we started making a lot of money. You know, he was the contractor, the construction part of it, and I was the design part of it. So I knew that I would be able to hold on to that and continue my life to and prosper in that particular business. Even though I have other things that I like to do now, uh, that's something that I can always go back to if I'm ever in a bad situation, you know? So I, I knew that I wanted to learn, I guess was a sponge and just ready to absorb as much knowledge as I could to, to make sure that I was successful. Okay. And you did, you accomplished that. So, um, when you did go through, uh, that challenge and I guess you, uh, were in construction at some point and then you decided you wanted to move back to South Florida because is that the time you were in Atlanta when you were in construction there? Okay. Right. So, so then you moved back, um, to South Florida and then doing your move back to South Florida, things kind of changed for you in a light that you want, you, you're living close, you know, to your mom, you um, now around her again, you have to get, you know, your own place. You wanted your own place because when Charles moved to South Florida, of course he moved in his own place and um, took care of himself. He started um, in construction on a construction site one that I had um, worked worked on for quite some time. So they hired Charles as, as a laborer uh, during that time. And um, a lot more of his construction skills did come about. And he was there probably about shy of six months to nine months. And Charles was back yeah. on the road to success. So Charles had a lot of changes that happened in his life too. So um you going back out there so tell us a little bit about that as you um started off again i guess in your business i guess you kind of connected with some people where you started your own business and you started also to help um a lot of people that were going through some challenges and i think some of these 
uh, challenges were uh, more heartfelt to you? You know, tell us about that and how you came into your new, um, the, uh, a, a different, um, I guess. Business venture. It was a business venture. Um, yeah. New adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, I had been working for a company in a call center for about five years until I decided that it was time for me to, to, to grow. And a good friend of mine had an opportunity from her father that um, he wanted to recruit me and have me run the Florida, South Florida region of their business. And um, so I went out to Arizona and I trained for about six months with them and they gave me a, a good taste of the life and of success. Um, they gave me the credit cards. I stayed in the, the mansion with and drove the nice cars, you know, and uh, they really sold the business to me. And These were um, friends from St. Louis. These were right. friends of yours from St. Louis. Yes. My, it was my best friend here in St. Louis and um, her father um, ran his own business and we had visited throughout the years and just hung out with our dad. And I, so I knew that he was very successful and um, and he grew to love me and I loved him. So that's why he, I felt as though that's why he offered me an opportunity with their company to, to grow and make money. But um, when, I, when I jumped on board, I, I went again, I went and trained in Arizona for about six months. I finally get back to, to Florida and they started sending me my own employees. And by that time I had a, a brand new office. Uh, they bought me a brand new car, uh, company vehicle, but it was my vehicle. Um, brand new office, brand new car, um, a new place and a new life, which is what I thought I had, you know, <laughs> I thought I had made it. And, um, they started sending employees that already knew the business that previously worked for them. And as they would send people, I realized that a few of these people had, they were a little off. A few had addictions. Well, every single one had an addiction. And wow. after it took me a while to realize, okay, y'all have sent me six people so far and they have strong addictions on heroin, um, methamphetamine, all different kinds of hard drug addictions that I had no experience with at all. Um, I hadn't done no drugs prior. And, um, but throughout that time, I, I housed a lot of the employees that they would send me. So I would get, a, I started a group home for them where I picked them up. Um, I would take them, pick them up for work every day, drop them off, made sure they had decent clothes to wear to work every day. I made sure they had food to eat and just made sure things were in line. So I really, my main key, my main goal was to show them how to live a normal life without drugs. And it was very hard for, for someone that had no experience on drugs to teach someone that was in the middle of the, or the peak of their addiction that, so it was very tough. And I found, I ended up losing my relationship because it was just too much. It was a lot on the relationship where I was spending so much of my time just to keep them out of trouble, you know? 
And these people were my age, some older than me. So it was hard to tell a grown person not to do drugs. You know, it was very tough. And um, I ended up getting getting involved with them too close. And it was no longer a, man, a, a boss employee relationship. It was um, a friendship at that point. Um, and I felt like I had walked through the trenches with them, you know, so I was connected with them. I was tied to them. There was a bond that we built and we had ended up getting in a car accident and it was a bad car accident. And from that car accident, I ended up having to get minor surgeries on my back, which led to me using them prescribing me things like the opiates. I was prescribed opiates. I didn't really understand the importance or anything about opiates. I'd never done them. I'm just like, oh, okay, painkillers. Okay, I've heard of painkillers. But initially, I didn't take them. I was like, well, I'm not in much pain until later on I started feeling it. So I became dependent on those prescription drugs, which were oxycodone and uh, I was going to therapy and this continued on for maybe about four or five months. And by that time I had realized that, okay, they're not giving me any more prescriptions for this drug and my body is sick. So I felt like I needed to keep going. And one of the, the guys that I, that one of my employees was addicted to heroin and I had no idea, but he was able to give me different, um, pills to make me feel better until one day he brought he brought heroin um, and I had no idea he's just like yeah you can try this and it'll make you feel better I promise you know and all I had known was I was sick throwing up and I didn't know what to do I was sweating I'm like what do I do you know and he had he seemed to have, have had all the experience at this so I allow, I listened to him and um, I sniffed it and I didn't know that that would be the next three years of my life doing that same thing. And um, I ended up with a full blown addiction that I, I just tried to fight my way through. And good thing I was there in Florida with my mother she she tried and to do everything she could, you know, as a mother watching her child just deplete not only his not deplete, deplete myself financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, just in every single way possible. And I just to this day, I can't imagine how my mother felt watching me go through that, you know. Yeah, it was it's very hard, you know. It's a tough time, you know, for uh, many uh, people that are challenging um, drug addiction today, you know. And I can thank God that um, I was his his um, his cover, you know. I was able to speak to him, you know, the way he understood all of my communications. God gave me the words to speak to him. God gave me the prayers. And, the, and, and those prayers of healing. 
And today, Charles is uh, has been clean. Um, and two this years and counting. That counting. was two years, and I know he said three, but it was two. <laughs> it was two years. It's two, it's just two years, and it, and honestly, it feels like it was just yesterday, you know. But when you know you're walking away from something, and you know you don't want to look back, you don't even second guess. You don't second guess. You know that you were meant to walk away from something and you just keep going and you don't, and I really don't count the time. I, I look, sometimes I look back like, dang, has it been two years already? And yeah, and it has been and still going strong, still not looking back and still just pushing, you know, that's all I can do is push. That's right. And we can thank God. Yo. Yes. Dang. And thank God, mainly thank God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, God, and what Charles has gone through in his life. And, and this is one of the challenges that he had gone through. We're going to have a part two. You know, Charles is going to tell a little bit more about how he can help others and we can share with others their stories of the addiction in which they may have gotten uh, caught thank up. Thank you. In. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. To, uh, thank you. Thank everyone for joining us on Smart, Smart Black Woman TV. We're ending uh, Health Awareness Month with Charles' story. I hope that some, so, uh, many of you reach out to us and maybe we can help you with your stories because everyone has one and some, um, some of us would like to tell them. And this is where we tell all of our stories. And this is, a, this is my purpose to help others to strengthen themselves in their lives and understanding to try to um, bond families uh, much better in the Black communities and um, also co-parenting, very important that uh, each one of us help to raise the children because our children still need our protection. And um, our prayers go out to all the people who have lost lives and mainly the ones in um, Texas right now. Our prayers, we send them out to you. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. Thank that we'll you. Part two. We will post the time in which we're part two will begin. It's more about Charles' life. It's lives that every one of us experience, and we don't want to have shame, but we want to speak out to help others. Thank you very much. And Charles, is there uh, something you might want to say to close? Yes, yes, yes. And I only share because I hope to reach someone that may be going through something similar, and whether it's addiction, whether it's um, being sexually abused. These are things that I have experienced that overcoming in my life. So if you have went through something like that, don't hesitate to reach out to me. My inbox is open. I read my messages. Um, just reach out to me and just give me a, an idea as to what you may be dealing with. You don't have to tell me everything. Just, or you don't have to even get on here. You can just let me know and, and I can give you, hopefully I can give you some encouragement and um, remember to just keep God first Stay focused on God. As long as you seek God in everything you do, you'll you'll be just fine. You'll come out ahead. You'll come out strong. Again, thank you, everyone. Enjoy your Memorial Day celebrations. Thank you on Smart Black Woman TV. We're on NPT, NPN TV. Thanks. Have fun. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
This program was made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you.